Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and have been done to him. So we know the story. The story goes, there's a great crowd that's cheering, triumphant cheering for the one who has arrived. They're waving the palm fronds and celebrating and laying them in front. And there's this excitement in the air. They're singing hymns like we just sang, traditional hymns that they knew, and they're shouting shouts of, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're celebrating, celebrating a hero that has come in their eyes, somebody who has liberated all of Israel and and will continue to liberate it with with a savior, a king, a, a prince of peace, somebody who's turning the focus back to the one true God. Of course, the story I'm sharing with you is Judas Maccabees, right? Judas Maccabees. Any of you read the books of Maccabees in the Apocrypha? That's the books that aren't, don't typically appear in our Bibles here, but if you get a big Bible, a, in seminary we called it a big boy Bible, in the middle is the Apocrypha, and in there are the readings that happened before, or after the Old Testament leading up to the New Testament, and in there is the story of Judas Maccabees and the Maccabees family. It's where we get the Jewish tradition Hanukkah from. The story goes, Judas Maccabees, for for years the Israelites had been oppressed not by Rome, but by the Greeks. The Greeks, the Syrian Greeks. And they, they had overtaken Israel and they'd overtaken the temple. And during their time in the temple, they had disgraced Israel by doing a couple things. They put up a statue of Zeus right in the center of Herod's temple. This is about 200 years before Jesus. And then to make matters worse, just to kind of rub salt in the wounds, they brought in pigs into the temple and slaughtered them. It's a huge disgrace if you're a Jew. Your holy place has been defiled. Judas Maccabees finally led a guerrilla rebellion, put together some forces, and they drove, violently drove out the Greeks. And so there's testimony in the book, one of the books of Maccabees, where Judas Maccabees, this is a picture of him coming triumphantly into Jerusalem. And they were waving palm branches, celebrating that he had 
come. I forget, do I have a Bible, uh, Maccabees verse? I do. I couldn't remember. Teaches me I should look at the slides before I preach. On the 23rd day of the second month in in the 171st year, the Jews entered it with praise and palm branches, with harps and cymbals and stringed instruments and with hymns and songs because a great army had been crushed and removed from Israel. I think I have another too, don't I? From the second book of Maccabees. Therefore, carrying ivy wreathed wands and beautiful branches and also fronds of palm, they offered hymns of thanksgiving to him who had given success to the purifying of his own holy place. So you can see this tradition of waving palm branches celebrating a new king isn't a new thing. (laughs) It was something that as Jesus comes into town would have been on all the minds of the Jewish people. Here's our next liberator. Here's the one who's come in the name of the Lord to finally put Israel back where Israel belongs. But we know the Jesus procession was a little bit different. Maccabees rode in, as other kings have, on a war horse, a mighty stallion to represent his might. Jesus, it's almost like theater, comedy theater, comes riding in on a donkey. It's a little bizarre. I mean, picture. When we picture a presidential procession coming to town, you know, sometimes we get irritated because I-270 will close for a while and we're waiting to get to where we need to go until the presidential procession passes. And you picture a certain thing going past. If you've ever seen it, I'm sure you've seen it on TV. You picture a stream of black cars, right, with tinted windows and then one large, like, black SUV Cadillac kind of thing coming. Now imagine your surprise if President Biden comes and he's driving this. (laughs) Like an old Buick station wagon with the wood siding (laughs) waving at everyone as he goes past. Some of you might like that image, some of you might not. But it sets the stage for what Jesus is doing. Jesus riding into town as this hopeful hero of the Jewish people. And he's riding on a donkey. Now for Jesus, he's kind of, I think, going back to this verse from Zechariah that says this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he. Humble, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall command peace to the nation. So I think for Jesus, he's making an image based on this verse. He's bringing a different type of rule but the crowds, in spite of it all, they, they're still cheering for him. They're still hopeful because they are desiring something of him. What is it they're desiring? Freedom. 
freedom from the oppression of Rome. It's what they're longing for. It's what they've been yearning for for years. And so their hope is that this might be a king similar to Maccabees. But Jesus isn't that type of king as we all have come to know. Jesus is different than Maccabees. So the Palm Sunday question that we're forced to ask then, which king do you yearn for? Which king do you yearn for? Are you, you like the, the Jewish people of the day that are yearning for a king that will deliver something very specific that we desire? Or do you yearn for a king that's different, that Palm Sunday teaches us answers prayers, but it might not be what we envision. So which king do we yearn for? When I was thinking of this question myself, uh, the term Christian nationalism came to my mind. That, that desire to make this nation Christian again. And, and what struck me is that that desire is a longing for the Maccabee king, not for Jesus. Now, when I say Maccabee king, by the way, I mean no disrespect to Jewish people and their celebration of Hanukkah. I think it's important to say that, but I think everyone will admit Judas Maccabee is a totally different type of king than the king that we worship. The king that we worship, as I said, will answer our prayers, but often it's not how we envision. So the question might be, what sort of king do we yearn for? Do we pray to this king and say, I need a job now? <laughs> Do we pray to this king and say, I desire success. Help me. I desire prosperity or wealth. Help me. Or even, and, and this one gets a little trickier, I desire to be cured or for my child to be cured now. I think it's important to repeat this. I'm not saying Jesus doesn't answer prayers. It just might look a little different than what we envision. Let me give you an example. So the people of Jerusalem are longing for a king, yearning for a king like Maccabees to free them from oppression. But Jesus does something really different. Are you ready for something really cool? How about the rest of you? Okay. Yeah. I want to show you something really cool because often we'll read, when we're, we're focusing on John today, which, which we don't normally do on Palm Sunday. And so John has a real short, as you heard, Pastor Tony Reed, section of Palm Sunday. And, and it happens earlier in the gospel than the other gospel writers. The other gospel writers, it's right before the crucifixion. John puts it almost in the middle of the story. And what happens after this is fascinating. Now, let me, let me set it, this up here because I'm really excited. Um, so remember what Judas Maccabees freed the people from? Who? The Greeks, right? Cast out the Greeks. Look at what happens now when King Jesus comes to town a little bit after the story. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some 
like he's opened the door for them to come back now in peace. You see how he's a different king than the other king. He's, he's opened the door now for them to come back in peace, kind of like following that passage from Zechariah where he's cutting away the war horse and the chariots and bringing peace, opening the doors to those who are different from ourselves. Blows me away that John includes this golden little nugget in his gospel. Now let me close with one more passage that has to do with palms again in a Jesus that answers prayers even though it might be a little different than what we envision in John's next book that he writes called the book of Revelation that we're going to do a sermon series on after Easter. John writes these words talking about Jesus in the future. After this I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. This king has conquered this king has answered prayer. It may look a little different than what you envision, but which king do you yearn for?